Brent, Brent caught that before I even had to say anything. He did. It was like, I saw that text too, didn't even notice it. We've got to do things correctly, you know. And, and I asked for that song, and Brent and I both knew that that song needed to be a part of this since we were going to look at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And here's why. The house on the sand fell down. That's so weak. I mean, when, you, when you're a kid and you sang that song, whatever happened to the wise man was fine, but you were invested in that splat. That splat is what you lived for when you sang that as a kid. I mean, you were going to have the biggest splat of them all. You, I mean, you could see it. The kids, their hands are ready. It's like, we're going to splat this foolish man's house. He's the idiot that built his house on the sand. Get ready. Unfortunately, I think because of that, we never really paid a whole lot of attention to what the wise man did. And I think that's the point of the song. Uh, you know, that last part just calms us down again. It's not in the text, but build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ is a good idea. And uh, so it calms us down. But I, th- I think we've invested so much in the foolish man and his splatted house that maybe it's time we spend a little more time focusing on what the wise man does and what that's all about. So for our Prayer Pals 2020, and let me say this, Prayer Pals 2020, like everything else in 2020, just it's different. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of grief here. We are lamenting because we can't all sit together. There's such a different energy when we shift it up on prayer pals. And then we have our big picnic afterwards. Well, this year we won't do that, but we're going to keep as much of the spirit as we can. I like what Alyssa said in the newsletter last week and uh, what she said in your letter this week. That it can take some things away from us, but it can't take everything away from us. The other thing, and here's how I want each and every one of you here, and those of you who are online, who are part of our our new online family, who've come to us from all over, we want you to feel like you're a part of this prayer pals as well. And, And here's how I would like to include all of you. Each of us, Prayer Pals in some ways is, is something new, but it's something that's been carried to us from another church. And whether we called it Prayer Pals or not, everyone here has somebody who was a prayer pal to them. Somebody who encouraged you, maybe when you were younger, maybe when you were adult. You had somebody who encouraged you to be thinking about the things of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, And about what kind of foundation you're building your house on. So I want you to think about that prayer pal that encouraged you today. And when we get to the end of this sermon, I have some homework for you. But whether you called him a prayer pal or not, there was someone in your life that mentored you, that encouraged you, that just said the right thing at the right time. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But we're going to talk about this rock-solid spirituality, which is the wise man's way. Uh, And to do that, we're going to begin at the end of the sermon. Because we're so invested in that splat, and we're so worried that we don't want to do what the foolish man did, that sometimes we miss the point of the whole Sermon on the Mount. And maybe the best way to do this is change the direction. 
Let's, let's begin at the end and see where the Sermon on the Mount ends up, and then we're going to reverse engineer it and see what it's, it's trying to say to us. These are the last words in, in uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is the first sermon that Jesus preaches. It's the sermon that Matthew gives us. Matthew gives us five sermons or teachings of Jesus. This is the first. And this is a very important message that Jesus shares about the kingdom and about life in the kingdom of heaven. And he concludes it this way. Notice, by the way, he doesn't end it with, uh, now if any are subject to the invitation, let us stand and sing a hymn. They know. Sermons don't always end that way. How about that? So here he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down. The streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Yeah, in Greek it's splat. Anyway, um, that's how it ends. Uh, You've got two choices. You're going to build on the rock, you're going to build on the sand. One is wise, one is foolish. There's wisdom and there's foolishness here. NIV translates that word... uh, to, to do, uh, everyone who does these words of mine, translates it as putting it into practice. I like that translation. I think that's a good translation. And that's what we want to use this morning. Now, with those who are near you, and for those of you at home, you can have a, a very brief little 30-second to one-minute conversation. I want you to consider this question right now. What have you been practicing? School's starting up again. Maybe you're practicing sports. Maybe you're practicing uh, music. Maybe you're practicing a new language or you're practicing a skill or, or anything. And for those of us who are out of school, maybe there's things that we're practicing. So I'll set the timer, and I'm going to give you a few moments, less than a minute, and you tell the people around you what it is that you're practicing right now. I want you to have that in your mind, okay? So let's talk what you're practicing. There at home, you can talk about this. All right, I'm going to ask the crowd that's uh, here with me on site, because no matter how much those of you, I should have had my, my phone up here, and those of you online could have texted me, 
But somebody who's brave, give me a shout out. What are you practicing? How to be a blessing to others. Okay. What's something else you're practicing? Social distancing. Some of you still aren't getting that right. And, uh, but keep practicing. Yeah. Patience. Wow, we got a lot of like deep kind of things. Is anybody just practicing something fun? What? Tennis? Hey, our, is tennis fun? Yeah, that's great. Wow. Fishing. You got to practice fishing. What, what are you practicing at school? I heard one over here. What was it? Baseball band. Art. Yes. Yes. Band. Your parents love that when you're practicing band, right? Yes. Beautiful, beautiful music. Beautiful music. This is good. Now, when you think about that practicing that you're doing, how do you practice it? Now, now just, let's just do that one live right now. How, how often do you practice? How often do you practice art? Hmm? Five days a week, that's good, that's a good. Five out of the seven days, that's a good. you got to take a break there, rest your hand, you know, so that's good, but almost daily. What about the rest of you? How, how often are you, pra- Brent, how often should they be practicing their music in band? Daily, daily, okay. And then you grow a little bit, yes? You get a little better. You get a little better at tennis. You get a little better at social distancing, especially if other people work with you. You, you, you get a little better at patience, you, you hope, you know. You get a little better at being an encouragement. You create habits so you can do this. So the way that we practice things is daily, step by step, gradually, lifelong. We might also put on there that, that one of the ways that we practice things is we develop different habits. If you're trying to practice healthy eating, then you don't use Halloween as an excuse to have candy all over the house. You know, it's for the children. Yes, of course. And uh, so you, you have to practice better habits. Now, now, we get this with practice, and I think this is why this is a much better way to hear what Jesus says when he said, now what did he say? Everyone who hears these words and then puts them into practice is a wise builder building a house on a solid foundation. That's a good foundation for spirituality. Because our tendency to translate this as everyone who hears these words of mine and does them turns this into a do this, make that kind of an approach. And as long as it's just do this or make that, we can lose the the spirit, and we can lose the long-term effort of it. It's like, yeah, I know I need to do that. Yeah, I know I need to do this. Have you mowed the lawn today? Yeah, I know. Nobody practices mowing the lawn. You just do it. You know, It has to be done. And when we look at this as things that have to be done, then we're going to make a checklist. But if it's something we practice, we have a goal in mind, don't we? We have a vision. That we're, we're, we're stumbling through the notes on a piano because we want to be able to play a wonderful piece of music. We're, we're, we're practicing tennis and we're putting up with the pain and the sore elbows and the shoulders and all that. Why? Because we want to play a great game. 
and we want to enjoy it. We practice our art because we want to make pictures that other people can enjoy, and we want to make pictures and draw pictures and paint pictures of the things that we like. See, Now, when it's practicing, we've got a, a really interesting reason for doing this. So, we're not just doing what Jesus said, do this, do that. We're putting it into practice because we have a goal in mind. But what's our goal? Well, let's, let's end with the beginning. Let's, let's go backwards to the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus says what we, uh, th- these words that we often call the Beatitudes. All right? Um, we'll talk about why it's called that in just a moment. But, but remember, this is how Jesus opens up the Sermon. He says blessed, and it's blessed. I don't know what word blessed is. I, 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 think, I think, you know, blessed is how you say blessed, and, and it makes you sound fancy, you know. How blessed. Nobody is hashtag blessed online. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. So you're blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you. You are blessed when People insult you, people persecute you, people falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who came before you. Now, now I don't know, but how often have you thought of yourself blessed because you were insulted? (laughs) that's, That's not... A natural thought, I don't think. It's counterintuitive. It goes against the grain. And if that goes against the grain, then what about all these other things? And by the way, Jesus doesn't say, okay, you need to be pure in heart so that you can see God. It's not an if-then statement. It's a statement of fact. Blessed to the pure in heart, for they'll see God. It's just a fact. And in fact, if these are be attitudes, if these are the things that we're supposed to be, then how are we going to be insulted, persecuted, and slandered? You know, maybe we need to uh, do a kind of a Jeff Foxworthy thing here and realize that if these things are what they are, then you might be. You might be blessed because the kingdom of heaven is here in Jesus We sang the song, Build Your Kingdom Here. Now, I know we can get into a lot of discussion about the kingdom of heaven. Is the kingdom of heaven the church? Is the kingdom of heaven heaven? The kingdom of heaven is, quite simply, the rule of our King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, over all creation. That's kingdom. Kingdom is not a physical location. It is not a here or there. Kingdom is the administration of heaven. It is the rule of heaven. It is the government of heaven. It is the reign of 
God. Now, you tell me a place where God does not rule. There are places that are in rebellion to God's rule, but don't think for a second that he is not the authority over that place or over that person. He's always the authority. He's been given a name that is above every name. He's been exalted to the right hand of God. Do you know what's above the right hand of God? Nothing. (laughs) That's how it works. God. There's God. There's Jesus. Everything else under his control. So, kingdom of heaven. It's instituted. All right. Now, Jesus is saying in this opening statement, if you are, if you find yourself to be, pure in spirit, mourning, meek, hungry and thirsty for righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, a peacemaker, persecuted, insulted, and slandered, then you just might be blessed because the kingdom of heaven is here and it changes the values of this world. Because by the kingdoms of this world, if you are any of those things on that list, then you are certainly not blessed. Under the kingdoms of this world, under the governments, the rules, and the establishments of this world, we are hardly blessed if we are these things on this list. And I I would even, I I don't have really time to get into this, but I would go so far as to say that when, when, for example, under any of the kingdoms of this earth, that we might find ourselves blessed, say, because we're merciful, That is not the result of those governments, but that's the result of the kingdom of heaven. We're seeing the effects of Christ's rule. So these are not beatitudes, they're our attitudes, or they're just our facts. Jesus is saying, because that list of people who fall into those categories, in his day, and even still in our day, those are the people who are often outcast. We've got a group of people out there who are poor in spirit, mourning meek, hungry and thirsty for righteousness. They're persecuted, insulted, and slandered. What are we going to do with them? You know, we might pity them. We might shun them. We might wonder how they got to that state. Jesus is saying, well, if you find yourself in that state, guess what? Kingdom of heaven's here. You're blessed. Suddenly, a great door has been thrown open. And what this does is it changes the direction for us on how we think of things. It changes the direction of us. The reason why we end up with these upside-down values, which we think are right-side-up values, is because we've mistaken the direction of how it works to be blessed. Okay, the squares and arrows above are the, are the default that we often get in the world. This is the default setting that Jesus is responding to when he preaches this Sermon on the Mount. And it's the default setting that we teach one another. And kids, let me say this to the kids. I'm going to apologize right now because I, I hope we don't do this in church. But everywhere else in this world, this is what we teach you. That if you do the right things, then you get the goodies. If you behave yourself and do this is right, then you get rewards. And the thing that we're, we sometimes admit is, sometimes you do the right thing and nobody appreciates it. But it's still the right thing to do. And you'll hear that. And that is true. 
But when we translate this into the way we're supposed to live as the disciples of Jesus, we get this idea that if I do what Jesus says, then I get blessed and I earn a place in heaven. Just like if I study, I get a higher grade on the test. If I practice, I get a better spot on the team. If I work on my music, I move up a chair in band. We, we think of those things. It makes sense then, which all those things are true. It's just how it works. But then we tend to think, well, okay, well, then this must also apply to spirituality, right? If I do what Jesus says, then I get favored in heaven. That's not the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount reverses that, and the reason why it's reversed is because before you and I even thought about making a move, God took the initiative. He moved first. And so that bottom set, the blue arrow, and the blue and gold squares. That's the Sermon on the Mount logic. Because I am blessed now in the kingdom of heaven. You, you mean even if I'm poor in spirit? Even if I'm hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Even if things aren't going so great with me? Even if all of that is true? Then, then I'm still blessed? Jesus says, yes. In the kingdom of heaven, you're blessed. And because you're blessed... You can do what Jesus says. You can practice the words of Jesus. We're doing what Jesus says. Not so we can win a prize, but because He's already favored us. This changes the logic of how we do things. This means that you and I have already been invited into the kingdom. You know the first thing you're going to have to get if you're going to build a house today? What's the first thing you're going to want to have if you're going to build your own house? I'll, I'll entertain an answer from the audience. Foundation. What do you got to have before a foundation? Money. A piece of land. Houses don't float. All right, you know. I mean, if you're going to build a tree house, you've got to at least have a tree, you know. So you've got to have a place to put it. God's already, in, he's invited us into the kingdom. He says, you're invited. You and I don't build the kingdom. We cannot create the kingdom. He builds the kingdom. Only God builds the kingdom. Only God sets up the kingdom. But we're invited to receive it or enter into it. And Jesus is saying, if you, if you want to put up a house here in the kingdom, I'm going to tell you how to do it. You need to take these things that I've taught you and you need to put them into practice. Just start practicing them. You start practicing them, and the more you practice them, you will find that you are very comfortable dwelling in the kingdom of heaven. There's an old saying that, you know, uh, Christianity uh, has not been tried and found wanting. It's It's been found hard and not tried. Too many believers give up too soon. We need to practice the kingdom way of doing things. And then in time, we become more comfortable doing that, and we become comfortable dwelling in the kingdom of heaven because we're learning to do things more like Jesus. So, here's your homework. To put Jesus' words into practice. And maybe this is not just a homework for this week or a project or an assignment for this week. What if this could become the theme of our prayer pal's effort for 2020. 
that you and your prayer pal discussed this week. What teaching of Jesus do you want to put into practice? And just like you're practicing art or music or sports or uh, a language or a game or whatever it is, or, you know, you're, you're practicing some, some stunt or, or something, you're just like that, you're going to put that teaching of Jesus into practice in the same way, and you're going to get a little better at it every time. And you and your prayer pals are going to work together on this. And if you say, well, I didn't get a letter, I'm not in the prayer pal. Well, find you a prayer pal. If you're 40 and your prayer pal is 50, blessed be the name of the Lord. There, that's how you do blessed. Anyway, so um, just, just find somebody to encourage you. Now, the other thing I wanted you to do, because I think in these um, challenging, discouraging times, one of, the best, one of the best treatments for discouragement is gratitude. Okay? When we are grateful, when we express our gratitude, when we, when we name what we're grateful for, it reminds us that the, the wonderful things, the things of the kingdom, the good things, they last. Bad things don't last forever. So I want you to think about who your prayer pal is or has been. And... Uh, and I want you to send them a note, call them, send them a message. I don't know. Do something. Practice it. Practice some gratitude. Now, if that person is no longer with us or you don't know how to find them, then why don't you tell your prayer pal or tell another friend all about it? And in that way, you'll be sharing the good that they shared with you. And I think if we do these things... We'll practice the blessings of the kingdom of heaven and we'll put the teachings of Jesus into practice. We're going to uh, sing a song now and then one of our shepherds, Barry Neal, is going to lead us around the Lord's Supper table. And when we come around the Lord's Supper table, we are putting into practice the words of Jesus when he told us what it means and he told us to do this in remembrance of him. Let's sing together. Let's stand, please. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. Hide though I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. I have a living hope. I have a future. God has a plan for me, of this I'm sure, of this I'm sure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation, I know I can stand secure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation, I put my hope in your holy word, I put my hope in your holy word. Your word is faithful, it's mining in power. God will deliver me of the sun of the sun Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. Amen.
Please be seated. <clears throat> 